Welcome, Chiefs Kingdom, to another episode of The Aftermath. I'm your host tonight, CJ Jones, with my brother, my friend, my buddy, Chris Timpenny. Chris, how are we feeling on another victorious, kind of stress-free, but 6-1 and one victory week, my friend? Stress-free is what I like to hear, and by most Chiefs games, that was definitely stress-free. I am doing great, my friend. Missed you on the, on the preview show, but glad to have you back. Chris came in clutch, everybody. Hey, hey, no, Keegan's filled in for you well, but no one, no one can really fill in man, for CGZ, man. You I know, try to like, do what I do. Man. You're one of a kind, man. Your bets were doing, were doing fire too, even though you weren't there. Like, I'm just happy to have you back to talk about this six and one Kansas City Chiefs. That have they, have they put the division away by Halloween? People are saying it. Uh, Halloween I, yet? Oh, I yeah. haven't said it yet. Uh, but people I didn't are say saying it. It. they said it. Yeah, exactly. Say it. They say it because they're they six and it. one, and uh, the three and four Raiders are the closest team to them, which is <laughs> pretty hysterical. Like I currently have Brian Hoyer at quarterback. But let's get into the Chiefs beat the Chargers, thirty-one seventeen. Where do you want to start? You want to start offense? You want to start defense? Like, what was your big? What was the number one thing you saw that you were like, damn? Charles Omenihu is freaking <laughs> for real. His immediate impact was felt. Almost from the very first snap of the game when he was on the field, immediate pressure. He got multiple quarterback hits. He ended up with a sack. And me and Chris talked about his impact being on this defensive line. And we obviously have more reinforcements on the way with today us signing Mike Pinnell. That obviously the rumors of Frank Clark coming back. This defense was already for real, but they proved it Sunday with Charles and on the field. That was my biggest takeaway for sure. Yeah, he was a monster. And I think I was the one on a bold, not to pat myself on the back because it still may not happen, but like. I said he was going to still be second on the team in sacks by the end of the season when you look One at the <laughs> And, like, I know that still, you know, still got a little ways to catch Dana and whatnot, but, like, the way he came out swinging against Bad, the Chargers, man. that doesn't seem so bold. Again, we'll have to see if he can keep it up. But, man, having that defensive line, and they also, you know, they just signed Mike Pinnell to the practice squad. Another, back. Mikey another back, depth guy showing up. So, like. This defensive line's crazy. You know the Frank Clark rumors keep on swirling. I don't even know if we need those guys. Like, let's be real. It's like, like icing, right? Exactly, exactly. Like when you've got, I loved at the end of the game uh, how we saw the four that the four playmakers that were getting after. You saw Dana and Amenahue inside. You saw Chris George. Jones move out with with Carl Loftus. It's like. I love that. those four are just they are so much fun to watch. And I again, I, we always find a reason to come back to, to Mike Dana because I think he's the biggest surprise of the group. But the last two years, man, just watching him continue to grow. I mean, I, I I love that, man. So the, the defensive line's crazy. Exactly. And they just like and you could tell at the end of the game, I was trying to write it down and watch the game at the same time on my phone. I was trying to get notes so I could talk to Chris about it. I was looking at the rotations, like the last seven minutes of the game, the rotation was Charles, Chris, George, and FAU. But then towards the end of the game, like the last two-minute drill, when they had the last drive and we got the game ceiling interception, it was Chris, Mike Dana, George, and it wasn't Charles. It was, oh, and Felix was uh, – no, no, it wasn't Felix. Was it Naughty? Naughty. Naughty was yeah, the last yeah. one. So they yeah. were rotating between – like those six guys was like the rotation – in the last um, few few drives. So I was trying to interesting. We always talk about NASCAR package, NASCAR package. That's like our biggest talking point all offseason. So that was interesting to see Charles first game back. Who's the guy on the field at the end of the game when we're in that obvious passing situation? So that was interesting to see. But I think all, like you said, all six guys got after the quarterback. 
we got so many quarterback hits, so much pressure all over the field. So it was good to see the guys get after it. And it's only the beginning. So Charles only had his first taste of what it's like to be in Chiefs Kingdom. So we got a lot more work to do, but it's a hell of a start for sure. Right now, it was definitely an impressive debut. And this whole defense continues to do what they do. After watching the Browns give up 38 points, after watching Ooh, the you know, Kirk Cousins kind of pick apart part of the 49ers. 100 yards of offense. Oh, God. Again. The Chiefs' defense is a top two defense, and they ain't too. Don't look now. Don't they look They ain't now. too. It's a little bold. We're being a little bold. Yeah, are we? After this weekend, I don't think we are. Before I, this, I, I don't think we're being bold right now. Just I mean, the, the takes because of two big plays, because of the palm, the big play to Palmer and then Kelly's long touchdown run when they had 17 first half points. The way some of you – Abandon this defense on the fan base should oh be ashamed of yourself. Like we are, they didn't give up a point <laughs> the rest point. of the game after that. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Seventh straight game holding opponents to 20 points or less. Only Ooh. team to do that in the NFL this year. Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah, you're right. Maybe it's not too bold. They it's they might be the best more, defense really. in the league. I still give a little leeway to the Browns because of what Miles Garrett and some of those guys are doing over there. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. But but, but the whole I, body of work, there ain't no 38 point game on the Chiefs on the Chiefs uh mm-hmm. scorecard right now. And these guys, what how do they keep doing it? I mean, I know they have the the D line depth we talk about, but I mean the secondary, dude. It's just the overall depth, like you said, we're deep everywhere and coming into this year. I said, like, this linebacking group was going to be deep. And obviously, Nick Bolden left the game with a wrist injury. We pray that he gets well and come back. But we didn't miss a beat when he left the field. Drew Tranquil, poetic justice, he ended the game with a sack. That's like the way yeah. you have to end a game versus your former team, right? So we just showed flashes. Willie Gay had a cra- – I need to find that clip. He had a crazy play. He jumped up middle of the field, batted the pass, and it ended up being picked. So he Willie Gay super athletic all over the field. Willie's such an athlete, bro. Like, he just showed it on that play. I'm going to post it on the timeline, but he's such a crazy athlete. It doesn't make any sense how fast and how strong he is. So, when you have guys like that, and we're not even talking about Nick Bolton, that lets you know how deep this linebacker group is. Because we know how valuable Nick is to the defense, but he can leave the field and we'll be just fine like we were the past three weeks. So, secondary played amazing. Brian Cook got his first interception. Shout out to B. Cook. Yeah. Uh, that was good to see. Trent was everywhere on the field. Snee was making plays. Josh and Jalen had some good solid plays as well. So overall, outside of that big play to Palmer, their receivers really didn't have a, a crazy day. And that's as we expected. No Mike Williams on the field. Um, Quinn Johnson, I believe, had one catch for 20 yards, I believe. Yeah, he's uh, super raw. Exactly. He's super raw as well. So outside of that big play to Palmer, this defense, like Chris said, didn't give up a lot of chunk plays, which is what you would expect. So um, second half, not giving up a single point, very impressive, especially to a team that you know that's going to throw the ball, you know they're going to be aggressive. And to get multiple turnovers, and like I said, Chris, that's another turnover. Every game this year so far, we've had one or more. So that's starting. That's another reason why I think we're a number one defense in the league right now. Because not only are we getting the stops and holding teams under their averages of points per game, we're getting the turnovers to back it up. And getting the ball back to this kind of offense, which me and Chris will get into later, when they start getting rolling, it's a, it's a scary sight to see when you give the best quarterback in football, arguably the best defense. So that's something we can never be able to say in Chiefs Kingdom, and we can say that now for sure. Right. Two picks, five sacks. I mean – Zero second half points. Like it's just. I don't know what more you need to do. Like <laughs> it, it, again, it's it's not like we're just seeing a. It's seven weeks. It's been all season up to this point. I think like, Keenan Allen finished with what fifty. He had yards? nine targets and he only caught four for fifty-five. So like fifty-five, you know, isn't you know is a is a good chunk, but it's not game breaking, especially when yeah, they threw it to day. nine times. Yeah, exactly. Like he's gonna get his. He's a normal, but he didn't. He 
he didn't really get enough. Like 55 yards, I will take that any day of the week. Absolutely. Again, and then Palmer ended up with 133, but again, most of that was on I believe it was like 62 yard. Yeah, on the one uh, shot. So it was right at 60, 60 yard pass play. So like, mm-hmm. it's just another day at the office for this defense. And again, the Nick Bolton news is stinks because he is such a such a leader, lead by example kind of guy. I know he's not the most vocal. He knows how to run the defense, but middle linebacker is a position that you can afford, especially when you have a quality backup. But like, even if you didn't have Drew Tranquil and you had a less than average backup and you said you have to have an injury somewhere with a less than average backup, middle linebacker is probably second behind running back that I'm picking. It's just, it's just not nearly as important to the success um, overall. In my opinion, that's a corner or, or a pass rusher or a left tackle or something like that. So, yes, big loss. Yes, it's going to stink to see him out for probably, you know, he's gonna, probably going to miss six to six to nine games, something like that, depending on how the recovery. I know they said two months, but, you know, with the buy-in there, we'll see how the recovery time goes. But now he's just going to be ready for the home stretch, for the for those for the title run as some people like to refer to it as. So um, it it could be a good thing. Also, it's going to get, you know, Leo Chanel, probably a few more reps. Willie's going to continue to maybe show out on in a contract year. And then, so I'm just kind of, I'm not as worried about it as, you know, outside of, you know, it sucks that Nick's not on the field. No, for sure. I mean, if anybody could do it, it's definitely a guy like Drew Tranquil. He's healthy. This is like, and Willie's been in the Knicks missed games this year so far. So this is his first instance with him being off the field. So I'm not worried at all. He's been a revelation. And it's actually, I was listening to the radio today, SiriusXM. I love that signing even more. One of the re- beat reporters for Buffalo said they were dying to get Drew Tranquil in the building. <laughs> so the fact that we stole Drew Tranquil from the Bills and free agency makes it that much more sweeter because he's been a hell of a player for us. He's obviously a, a great dude that we met him um, as everybody around the city has gotten to know him better. But we've seen him play for the Chargers for so many years and make great plays. And obviously, we everybody knows the whole story of us taking Trent McDuffie and then Kyrie Elam being like right next to each other in the draft. So then- <laughs> another one up of us to get in the Bills. And their fans aren't too fond of us. So uh, right. it's, it's, it's been a great year so far for Drew. He had a hell of a game. Definitely a way to end it off against your former team with a sack. Um, he obviously, I think he ended up, I think, with six tackles. I'll have to double check that in the stat sheet. But great game for him and Willie as well. They both are all over the field making plays. Um, this group can can withstand the depth because they have it, like like Chris pointed out. And obviously the next couple of weeks is the, uh, pretty tough because they obviously have the Broncos. Division matchup is never easy. But after then, you got the Miami Dolphins. And even though they haven't beaten a team over 500 as far as record-wise, they're still a dangerous football team with a lot of weapons. So you want to have all your all your horses out there. But playing a team like that, I think our defense is capable, given the fact that me and Chris just pointed out our deep defensive line. So if Nick has to withstand a three-, four-week stretch of being out or maybe longer with his injury, I think we'll be fine to do so because we have the bye and some easier matchups in the back end of the schedule. But hopefully he can come back for, like, around, you know, Buffalo time, Cincinnati time as well for sure. Yeah, definitely. And not to get too far ahead because we will do a preview when – the Miami Dolphins game, but it's almost kind of a bless. I don't, the Chiefs would have played Nick in that game had he been healthy. With the speed of Miami, I think Drew Tranquil is who you want yeah, out there the Drew, anyway. The for sure. So, like, yeah. honestly, in a weird way, low key helps, yeah. Like, in that that one game, you know, that, that one Miami matchup, game, sure. it, it, you almost you almost have the better player suited, but we'll get to that, you know, as we get down the road. But right. let's shift over to the offense because. Those boys were cooking, and it, they're starting to find a groove, man. They're starting to, you know, they the last few you weeks. You want some rice? 
it's been the yards. Like we've seen the yard. <laughs> like I almost right. almost went right right over my head. Um, but yeah, Rasheed Rice continues to be that guy. Continues to see his snap count go up. Um, Forty snaps to uh, Sky Moore's forty-one. So they're splitting time there with. Yeah, which is what you and, and that's third. You know, Sky was two at forty-one. Rice was three at, at forty. With MVS still getting fifty some odd snaps. Yes, him having an impact. I know there's that screenshot going around where there was even more yards on the bone there for MVS, where Pat was looking to his left and 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 uh, MVS was cutting across the middle of the field with mm-hmm. wide open. But hey, those plays are going to happen. It's just good to see him being open and making an impact. Facts. And and this receiving core. Again, there we'll get into you know the the bottom of the depth that were the stories line in here in a little bit, but like as far as the guys that you're starting to see want see consistency from, you're starting to get. No, absolutely. And coming into this game, this was the game we expected. So like, all right, we got Miko back in the fold. Somebody else who knows the whole route tree, who knows the playbooks. I think that's one thing that we've kind of said over and over the past couple of weeks. The reason Rasheed Rice is doing so well in the slot, obviously that's where they're keeping him at in the fold for this offense. But when he does graduate, Chris. <laughs> to playing the and outside the numbers, this offense is really going to get scary. Because I like I love Miko for what he does. He had an immediate impact via the punt return, that deep slant that we had to use a kid to end to seal the game to get us in the red zone for a first down. Two major plays for him, and he's always made big plays in his career in a Chiefs uniform, so that can never be discredited. But that goal ball to Miko down the sideline, and Pat tried to give him an opportunity. Did Pat underthrow it? Yes. Is that a play maybe a bigger receiver probably makes a play on that ball? I believe so. So not to say you can't give Miko opportunities to make plays because he's in this offense for a reason. But in that situation for that type of ball, I would rather that be to a guy like Rasheed Rice. A 6'1", big receiver, physical, a guy that can maybe get over a DB's head and maybe catch the ball, contested type of catches. Miko's never been that kind of guy. That's not what we're really asking to do. So when Rasheed Rice fully has the trust from Andy and he knows the Z and X position, you know how Nagy is and the whole offensive staff. If you don't know every receiver position, they're not going to put you out there as much. Because Rasheed, really, I agree with you. He should be getting more snaps. But if right. he doesn't know every route tree or every spot in the offense, they can only put you in so much. Sky knows everything. That's why he's always been playing more. So eventually when Rasheed Rice does graduate, and after the bye, it's like the grading scale. Maybe he does get that learning curve and kind of gets more snaps. But that's the next step in his offense for me. Yeah, no, definitely definitely excited to see how he continues to grow. Going on to the Mahomes pick just real quick because it, it was kind of a weird play because it was to Hardman down the side. A couple of things. First off, it's not that big of a deal. It was like third and nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and it was a it was a punt. They got it at the twenty yard line of the other guy. Like, punt, so yeah. it was a punt. Um, second, Mahomes hasn't been good at throwing the deep ball since like twenty twenty. I don't know what it is, but yeah, every time uh, we got MBS here, he's been kind of off. He's he's well, even, I think even before that, man, because I I look back to like remember the, the Browns game. game. Um, to open the season, I think that was the year after we won the super first mm-hmm. Super Bowl, yep, and like he underthrew Tyreek, and and like it just has never looked clean. And I don't know it's because he doesn't have to do it as often because, you know, he's he's really good thirty yards and less, like just intermediate and less cool. Yeah, and thirty yards is a great chunk play. That's still a chunk need, play. Yeah, yeah, you need him to wind up and throw it 45, 50 yards in the air. It just hasn't been his strength, and it's like they're so good at so many other things. Can't like, have everything, can you? Yeah, like I, I don't know. I don't other than throwing it just to maybe keep the safeties hold a second every now and again, I think mm-hmm. is good. But I I know people chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> I don't need it, man. I, if you're throwing 25 crosser routes to MVS or whatever, you know, and hitting first down, baby. 
I, that's all I care about. You know, I think you the can real chicks it. dig first downs, Chris. Yeah. Exactly. Taylor Swift digs first downs. Taylor, you saw you saw the handshake. Shout out to Brittany with the boom yeah. Oh my gosh, that's almost yeah, that, that's Taylor almost excited me more yeah. than anything else. Justice for Brittany, because man, she was getting shout out Brittany, man. <laughs> but no, this offense is starting to click. We we saw the yards. You know, they had they did well in the yards department in the Vikings game and in the Broncos game, but it wasn't quite translating to points. Now you saw 31 points on the board. And with missed opportunities, too, there were still more points to be had. But you're starting to see that vintage. That, that McKinnon call, was, we're going to talk about that, Chris. That was low. That was a low blow, ref. I'm not going to lie. That was I crazy. didn't see it. I, I was watching it. It was on the sideline. We were on. And I get where the ref is coming from because you, like, get him on the shoulder. But, I mean, like, I think the call for me, if you're going to call that, it has to be, like, a direct push in the back. If it's, like, a gray area between, like, your chest and your back plate, he got him on the shoulder. I'm like – well, can you really call that? Because I didn't really push him in the back. I, he pushed him right here on the shoulder. Now, if it's on this side or this side, I get it. But if I'm pushing you in this area, this general area, I don't think this is a block in the back unless I'm clearly pushing you back here. It wasn't in the back. That's why I'm getting like, where are you getting the call from? I feel, call. I feel you, but that's not what I'm complaining about. Most people watching this or listening to this podcast did not see that play unless you were at the game or directly in Kansas City because oh, we were getting the CBS. Browns. Yeah, CBS did not. Did not change it. We were watching Gardner Minshew and PJ Walker. That's whoever. why my chat was going crazy. They were till I forgot. Nobody saw. No one saw Karloftis get the sack. No one saw uh, the block in the back on McKinnon or the first field goal. PBS. What are we doing? We didn't man? see. We didn't see any of that. So like, I'm following it on you know on Twitter and whatnot. But it's like, how how is this the national televised game? And people like in Lawrence couldn't get the. That's get the it. crazy part. If you're locally, you couldn't see it. That's crazy. I can yeah, you had to be literally in Kansas City from what I understand. And even the people in Kansas City were getting double boxed. We're getting like – they were still had the Browns game on with the Chiefs, and it was the Browns game audio. It wasn't Romo and Nance. So, yes, like, yes, we got to do better, man. Nobody saw anything until three minutes left in the first quarter. That's crazy. Y'all missed like eight – what? I missed 12 minutes of the first quarter? I know, I know it was that long. Yeah, it was insane. I'm down here in Oklahoma City, so I don't know how everyone else's experiences, but from everything I've heard and understood, like unless you were in the city, you did not. And and they weren't calling timeouts. Did you notice how fast it was going? It was because CBS purposely wasn't going to commercial while the Chiefs game wasn't nat the national <laughs> game. They waited until we came to the national game to start using their commercials. That's why I didn't even notice it. I, I my chat kept saying, "Come on, CBS." I thought it was like maybe like five minutes. It was twelve minutes. Yeah, the whole quarter. No, yeah, three minutes left in the first quarter, and I, I think one of the first plays I remember seeing doesn't mean this was was Willie's big sack, the twelve yard yeah, loss or uh, whatever. The there. That was like the yeah, down in the red zone. Um, that was the first play I remember really like sinking in. So it was around that time frame, Matt. But that's how that's long. Crazy. Well, I'm going to have to send you all the good plays I'm talking about. So, I'm, I'm like, sorry, guys. I, so, I thought Chris was watching. I didn't know it was this bad. I was in Arrowhead screaming, so I thought right. everybody knew. Right. The, you know, the 80,000 of you at Arrowhead and, you know, the other people watching directly in Kansas City saw it. But Well, it was, was very similar to the Pacheco game-winning uh, or game-ending touchdown screen. Same call, same play, oh, same nice. side of the field. Literally, Trey Smith did what Tony did, and they, and they called it a block in the back. I was like, I, I don't agree with that call at all. But like you said – it is what it is. There's always going to be bad calls. But overall, I think all, all the aspects of question marks we had, do we get our screen game back involved? We did that. Is Rasheed Rice taking the next step? He did that. Is Travis Kelsey looking healthy? I think he did that as well. 
Um, Pat obviously got completed more passes in the red zone, which is what we've been wanting for a while. And again, I know that we're kind of beating this like a dead drum, but it's like the third week in a row. How did Rasheed Rice keep getting open in the back of the end zone? Like all of his touchdowns are like him just like running to like the corner or running the back line of the end zone, just finding a spot and being open. I really don't get why you keep – I'm loving it, but it's crazy. Like, Because he's good. Like, I mean, do defense just not – I mean, find ways 87 gets the attention. Yeah, 87 gets the attention, and yet he still found a way to get 12 catches Open for 179 yards. So, like, obviously Rice isn't that, but, like, good players find ways to make plays. And even though Rice is raw and he, he's limited in what the coaching staff will trust with him, for a good reason. You don't ever want to put a rookie in a position where you're not 100% confident exactly. in it. But the opportunities he is getting, he's making. And Absolutely. that's all you can ask for. And he continues to show up like – each as each week goes by, my excitement level for C Rice just keeps going up and Absolutely. up. And uh, I forget who had the tweet, so I apologize for not giving them credit. I, it may have been it may have been a uh, Yates um, for ESPN, but it was uh, Joe Montana did not play his first year. Neither did Pat Mahomes. Joe Montana won a Super Bowl in year three. So did Pat Mahomes. Joe Montana won a Super Bowl in year six. So did Pat Mahomes. The Niners drafted Jerry Rice. In year seven, the Chiefs drafted Rasheed Rice in year seven. Now, none of that means shit, but it's still cool. kind of crazy. It's still kind of cool. cool like, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of digging. He had to do. Right. That's exactly. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of digging there. Shout so out to whoever's in the research team. That's right. I, I need to give I need to go back and find it because that that was a. Uh, they need credit for that. But that was Absolutely. that was kind of crazy, uh, crazy stat there that I was a. Uh, Loving quite a bit, but no, like he keeps coming along. The offense is still as long as Kelsey stays healthy. Like Absolutely. this offense is offense is the limit. Another so. crazy David Kelsey, 170 yards, and that's just and we and we aren't even talking about him. He almost had 200 yards, Chris. We're not even talking about <laughs> a tight end almost getting 200 yards is not normal. But for us, we're like, and that's just Trav being Trav. <laughs> oh, Eric Eager did it. He also does a lot of good work. He works for he used to work for uh PFF, but I don't don't know where he's at. Shout now. Out to Eric, man. That's a crazy stat. But, uh yeah, he does uh, it looks like uh summer sports is where he's at nowadays. But yeah, crazy, crazy stat there. That's a hell of a stat, bro. Anything anything else on the offense or in this game you want to talk about before we get to maybe the more unfortunate news coming out, Casey? Nope. I love what we did. Everybody got involved. Me MBS got in the end zone, Rasheed keep doing his thing. Sky just makes timely plays for us. Miko had an impact at the end of the game and obviously had a big return on special teams. So overall, the offense looked good to me. We didn't hear Jawan Taylor's name today. Yeah. I think Donovan Smith had one holding call. It was kind of debatable. But outside of that, Joe here. That, was, that blew my mind when he got when he got called. I know. I, I saw the call. It was debatable. It was kind yeah. of end of game trying to give him. So I was like, eh. it was kind of a bang, bang. It wasn't an obvious one. So other than that, no complaints for me. The offense looked good all around. Yeah. There's gonna be little things you can nitpick at, but overall, a good day for sure. Big Anytime story. you see over 400 yards for Pat and uh, 179 <laughs> yards for Kelsey, you know it was a good day because that deal really is just hours, That's crazy. It's just a machine, machine. Um, last thing before we get out, and we don't need to spend too much time out of here, but uh, Justin Ross got arrested. Um, what was that Monday? Monday late, you know, around night, four, yeah. five, eight, five p.m. Um, for some. So what was it? It was uh, a little, yeah, domestic violence and over and over uh, twenty. Was it over twenty five k worth of? Damage? I mean, it, said, it was between a thousand and twenty five thousand. Uh, it was in the felony range. Gotcha. Yeah, like, what are you doing, man? Like, it's a. It's, I I kind of laughed at this situation, and I'm not trying to be uh, dense about the situation at all. I pray that everybody involved 
is okay and safe. And I hope the situation gets evolved or resolved the correct way. And I'm glad Justin's okay and whoever else is involved, hope they're okay as well. But just from like a to lighten the mood standpoint, this is almost like a yearly tradition for us. Tyreek Hill, the off the field issue situation. Frank Clark, off the field issue situation. Willie Gay, off the field issue situation. And now Justin Ross. So it's like, and if we signed Charles Minihu from the 49ers in the middle of the playoffs, who had a, so it's almost kind of like a funny point. Like, why do we always sign a player who has something off the field wise? And I know it's football and we try to keep it a football space, but we are humans at the end of the day. So we know like life happens, like guys get in things that happen off the field and you hate to see it happen. You never want it to be your team, but it's, we live in reality. We can't like play it from ourselves. But from the football aspect standpoint, this does suck for Justin Ross because um, obviously we expected him to take a little bit of a step this year, being it's the first year he played football in about two years from being out from Clemson. But an article came out today. I sent it to Chris about Justin Ross struggling um, a little bit in practice. And Chris, you know, Chris was one of the first ones to say that. I think you were saying that like week two, week one, <laughs> yeah. like beginning of the season. He's not getting on the field as far as snap count wise, not even plays or targets, because maybe he's not doing enough in practice. And somebody confirmed that today with what they've been told from inside the building. Justin Ross is slowly coming along and still doesn't know everything in a playbook and still trying to, you know, physically imposing his will on this receiver room and getting consistent snaps. And Chris said it. So we got to give him his credit for that. If you're not getting snaps in practice, you're not being consistently dominant. Coach is not going to put you on the game on Sundays. That's just any coach will tell you that from any level. So. Um, Justin Ross definitely needs to keep working on his game, but bigger issues off the field. But definitely praying for him and hoping everything gets resolved and hopefully he gets home safe and gets back to the team for sure. Yeah, definitely. And on the whole snap count thing, it was like just I trust this. My whole reasoning was I just trust this this group, this coaching staff too much. Like Me too. Me typically too. they don't let rookies play, and we see Rasheed Rice out there getting plays and making them. Meanwhile, Justin Ross, Justin Ross wasn't. So typically, what's what's the reason they just like? like rice more no rice was is showing up in practice and ross is not and ross has clearly got other things on his mind if he's out there uh jeopardizing his spot in the nfl at all like again the, the, it, it's bigger it's bigger than a roster spot in the nfl that anytime there's domestic violence and something like this coming out you gotta use you you can't be getting your i don't care like tyree kill doesn't have an excuse for getting into this but he's still tyree kill like unfortunately the world we live in he's going to be able to to get away with something like that or Kareem Hunt, you know, like these situations we've seen. Third level of you, exactly. You can't exactly. be the seventh wide receiver with three career trouble. catches getting in trouble, man. Facts. Like, so there's, there's just, no benefit from you. You don't get the benefit of the doubt when you're at the back end of the room. No, it's no. Right. And uh, you, you, you should never get the benefit out. Again, I'm not trying to make excuses for what other guys have done or what Ross is doing. No, for sure. Team. But just realistically, yeah. Like, absolutely. The I, higher I up you are, the more talented you are, you usually get a little leeway. You're Tyree Kill, Kareem Hunt, you get a leeway. Frank Clark, you get a leeway. Justin Ross, I would they don't I, really need you on this roster. So yeah. like they want you here, but they don't need you. So exactly. I, I would not be surprised or really that upset about it if they cut him tomorrow. I wouldn't be shocked. That's kind like, of I want I, Justin here, but realistically, yeah, yeah that's that's the reality I, we live. I'm always rooting for guys' success. And and but as soon as you do something that like jeopardizes that, I don't feel sorry for you when the rep, repercussions yeah. come. And it sucks like the timing of it is terrible because he was slowly getting more reps, slowly getting more involved. And we were like, okay, maybe the bye week is the, the light that click and the switch and maybe he gets more exploded into this offense, gets more reps and then this comes out. And obviously we don't know the details so we're not speaking on anything. Me and Chris don't know what's going on. But just right, from exactly. what the reports we've heard getting in trouble, even if you are the reason or not the reason, sucks regardless because you're going to have to pay the result for it. Yeah, whoever else is involved is not going to have anything to pay as far as dividends because you're the one that's trying to make the National Football League, not someone else involved. 
So it sucks from his perspective because maybe he wasn't, maybe he was a victim. Maybe he wasn't the one that initiated the contact. But the fact that your name is in the report and it's in the news, now you have to deal with the repercussions. Now, I pray that we don't have a situation like Kareem Hunt, like Chris just mentioned, where he tells the team the truth. Like, come forth, tell them everything that happened. And usually teams are a little flexible with you if you are up front with them and maybe they can figure out something as far as, like, maybe team suspension. Because the NFL usually doesn't get involved until the the next following year because, like, it's an ongoing case and when it gets resolved. Because I know they say he um, declared not guilty today. Right. So obviously he has a court date coming up soon. So obviously the league can't really give out their suspensions until the next season once the whole thing gets resolved. From a team perspective, they can do certain things like, you know, inactive, not play you, practice squad, whatever the case may be. So it'll be interesting to see going forward, like Chris said, to see what the team does. But it does suck for Justin because just from an athletic standpoint, he's a very gifted player who could help out this team and help us win games. But off the field issues definitely hurt your chances because it's hard to focus on the room when you got stuff you're dealing with off the, off the field, like going to court and dealing with all that. So it doesn't help at all for sure. Right when you're already struggling at practice, and last thing I do is exactly. like, again, it's it's also whether whether the because I know there's a lot of bad people out there that are also going to try to use your fame and your role as an NFL Absolutely. player against you. I understand that it happens, but also you have to understand the people that you put yourself around. You know, yeah, can't be like other, other like it's not, it's not happened to uh, Jalen Watson. It's not happened to Leo Chanel. It's not happened to you know the backup right tackle. You know, happened right. to Tyreek Hill because hey, maybe you know that we all know that the woman that he was with a little crazy, like he put himself in a situation to, to have those kind of allegations and things come up. Like you have to be careful about who you surround yourself with and oh, the people you're with. So like, absolutely. it sucks regardless of what side it is, whether he did it or didn't, but like, just have to kind I mean, of see you're involved either way. Yeah. So, you're involved yeah. at this point. You are involved. Yeah. So I didn't want to end the podcast on a damper move, but I didn't want to, I'd rather end it than start it. On the bad mood, especially after 31-17. Something we wanted to talk about. We'll see how this goes, but hey. Praying for you, Justin. I hope it goes good, bro. For sure. Definitely for sure. praying for Justin, but uh, going going back to maybe more positive. Chiefs yeah, and Eagles are the only 6-1 and one teams. But here we are in the NFL. I'm running <laughs> out of fingers, bro. 6-1, 5-1. Week, eight, and, one, five week and, one. Eight, and it's like the Chiefs lost week one, you know. Oh, no. Yeah. You look up, and they're, they're still the they're, they're about locked up the division. They're the one seed in the AFC. And the only other one loss team is the team they beat in the Super Bowl last year. So the that slow start, huh? So like, <laughs> and, so, and, and the Eagles are kind of, you know, still stuck in a little bit of limbo while the Chiefs continue to look like they're rising. So like. And the thing about this is like, Chris, if you look at both of these rosters from like a comparison standpoint, they have this essentially the same roster, but they lost some pieces from defense. Chauncey yeah. Garner-Johnson, Hargraves is gone. The secondary is not as dominant. And they're obviously their D-line is not getting as many sacks as they did last year. Still an athletically gifted group when you add Jalen like Carter. But overall, the defense hasn't been dominant like they were last year. Our defense, on the other hand, has gotten 10 times better. We're, obviously, we just had a conversation with them being the best defense in football last year. If you would have told me coming to the season the Chiefs will have a top five or a top two number one defense in football, what would you think the result would be? Like, oh, they're going to Vegas. I don't know, care who they're playing. If you ever give Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid a number one or a top two, top three, whatever you want to call it, defense, they're not losing anyone, in, yeah. in my humble opinion, because that's the only question I've ever had about this team in the five-year run we've had. And we know we've been very successful. AFC championships, we've obviously won the West every year. We've been to three Super Bowls, one, two. If we ever said, we say this every summer, if Pat ever got a good defense, getting to that end goal of the AFC championship game, get it to the Super Bowl would be 10 times easier. So now that we do have that defense, I don't see how you could tell us that other teams better than us right now. Because, like, to Chris's point, our offense looked like ourselves on Sunday. And now the defense is playing on another level. So 
I don't really know how can you say we're not the best team in football right now. Because if you're giving Pat Mahomes extra possessions and you can't score more than 21 points on us, how do you how do you really beat this team outside of like I was knock on wood besides like injury? You don't. I'm, I'm I'm not trying to be biased. I'm being humble about it. I'm really saying if Pat Mahomes has the top five defense, we've been saying it for years. Now he does. How do you beat this team? I truly don't see. I truly don't see an answer you unless they beat the, themselves. You want to hear the remaining schedule? I'm not going to go through. Here here are the teams the Chiefs play that are 500 or better. Or better. They play the Dolphins in two weeks in Germany. They play after the bye week 11, November 20th. They play the Eagles in Arrowhead. At home. They play the Bills at Arrowhead. And they play the 3-3 and Bengals at Arrowhead. That's it. Those are the only teams currently 500 or better. And they're all – they're either at a neutral neutral field or at Arrowhead. So the neutral side, we're playing the Dolphins. We just saw them lose Sunday night to the Eagles. Their defense did not look that good. Offense was banged up with injuries. Obviously, some of their players are not going to be available for our game because they've been losing guys due to injury. The Eagles are a good football team. Definitely going to be a tough challenge for all the teams Chris mentioned. But they're this is not the same Eagles defense we faced last year. We're being honest. Right. This isn't the same team. Still a good football team up front. They can score. They can run the ball. But defensively, they're not the same. The Bills team is going through it. They just lost to the Patriots. And Mac Jones walked them down for a game winner. They're obviously losing guys left and right. I know Tredavious White's out for the year, and then Milano's out for the year, and they lost one of their other linemen, da- Daquan Jones. So they're dealing with a lot of stuff. And then obviously the Bengals, who Joe Burrow started off the season with his calf injury, and they're fighting their way back up to be three and three. So all of those matchups coming to the season, still great games to watch, and we're obviously going to be paying attention. But the matchup don't look as daunting because of the things I just mentioned. And to Chris's point, our defense is elite now. So if you ever, like I said, I'm, I'm really trying to put this into people's head. We've never seen Pat Mahomes have an elite defense ever. The best one we had was 2019. And that was like, what, top 15, top 12 is defense that year? Yeah, I think it is around 12. So now, like, they played never a little of that on the way to the Super Bowl. but like Exactly. So if Pat Mahomes really got this defense, which is getting better, and we're getting help and reinforcements coming back, it's going to be really scary for other teams in the league. I'm trying to be humble about it, but I, I've prayed for moments like this because we always have an argument every summer. Give Pat more weapons. Give Pat a defense. I've always been pro-defense every year because mm-hmm. getting stopped is way more important than having more weapons. Because if you can't score 20, I know for a fact Pat Mahomes is going to score 23. Nah. It doesn't matter who's out there catching the ball because <laughs> that's how good he is. You feel me? I don't want to score 50 and wonder, oh, can they not score 50? We did that in 2018. I didn't like the way that year ended, Chris. I don't want to play football like that. I like having a defense that can get stops because I know 15 is going to figure out the rest, and he's doing that right now. Yeah, yeah. 2018 lost is the only – Came the gave us the first all over again. Oh, yeah, the man. only team to ever score fifty and lose, and uh, the going to the Super Bowl came down to a coin flip. I know people will say offsides, but if the Chiefs, I think if the Chiefs won that coin flip, they're going to the we Super go Bowl. Down so uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Knowing that you can lose a coin flip and uh, in a in a big playoff overtime game and feel really good about giving up a field goal or less, that's uncharted territory. That's uncharted territory. But uh, as we wrap up, CJ, as always, where can the good people find you, my man? You definitely find me on Twitter at CGZ81. Like it says on the screen, CJEEZY81. You want to talk bets, gambling advice, X's and O's, fantasy football, talk about the game itself. I'm always open to talk. I'm super excited for the games coming up. I can't wait for the Germany game. It's going to be so fun. I definitely got to set my clock now and see where I'm going to watch the game. But 8.30, Frankfurt, Germany, we're going to be playing the Dolphins in a couple of weeks. So I know we don't want to look ahead past the Denver Broncos because that's a division game and it's tough. But I'm super excited to play the Dolphins for obvious reasons. You know, explosive offense, Tyree Kill, Reunion, and all the other storylines you can think of. So I'm super excited. The way our offense played, our defense is coming together. 
everything that we envision for this team is setting up for a great chance to go back to back and having this much depth makes the year this much more fun but we got to enjoy the ride Chris. don't want to look too far into it but no. i'm super excited for it. you gotta keep taking it week by week and one always, day at a time. right one day at a time as always you can find me on twitter at 10 penny 88 um and also we will be having a Pre, the Broncos preview it probably won't be a super long episode considering we just played them and what they're two and five or whatever they are. So uh, probably won't be too long one, but just to kind of recap what, what's going on there. And also, hey, make sure to check out KC Sports Authority. It's probably where you're listening to this. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Like that's all you got to do. Like even if you like listen to this on Spotify, go over to the YouTube page hit subscribe and leave. That's all we're asking. Like, I mean, we would love for you to leave a comment and watch it all the way through there. But, I mean, if you ain't got time for that, you ain't got time for that. I ain't going to judge. I know we're all busy. Shout out to the Swifties y'all can listen to. There you go, right? Exactly. Always shout out to the Swifties. Love the support there. But, uh, all right. I think that's going to wrap it up for us this time. We will talk to you all next time. Go Chiefs.